Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome back to the Beer Ladies Podcast. I'm Lisa, and I am your host this evening, this afternoon, this morning, whenever we are in your ears. We have a full compliment today. So I am joined by Tandy, Katie, and Christina. So hello, ladies. Hello. Hey. And we have a topic today that is very near and dear to our hearts. This is going to be a fun one, very casual. We'll talk a little bit of history here, but mostly we're going to talk about why we love this thing and maybe some of the very, very minor controversies about this thing. But I think before we do that, we'll do our usual spiel of you can find us on all of the socials. You can find us on YouTube. We are at Beer Ladies Pod, or you can just search for Beer Ladies Podcast on everything. We are on Twitter, probably still as you're hearing this, as far as we know. We are on Mastodon. We are on Instagram. Like I said, we're on YouTube. We're kind of sort of on TikTok, which at some point we'll do more stuff on. Uh, we have a link tree that you can search. And if you go to that link tree, you can buy some very cool Beer Ladies podcast merchandise would be a very cool thing to see some of you out there this summer. It's a, at a festival maybe or uh, out and about, but we would love that. Um, but you can also buy us a coffee there or buy us a pint more likely. So all of that stuff out of the way, we are very excited to dive into an episode about Black IPAs. Oh, and if you're one of those people who gets upset about black IPA, because how can you have a black India pale ale? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But this is mostly going to be a celebration. We're not going to get too pedantic about anything because we all really love this style. So that said, we will get into that a little bit. But first, we will go around and discover what we are all drinking. So Tandy, let's go over to you. Woo-hoo. Okay, so um, as you probably know, there's not that many black IPAs on the market, it was a little bit of a spiel to try and find one. And in the end, I did find three. <laughs> so <laughs> I have one of the three. And I have got from Lineman, I've got Nagelbet. Now, that's a very strange word. And maybe I'm saying it wrong. Nagelbet. It's a cold black IPA. So see, it's it's got all all of the sort of descriptors that could make someone freak out. I love it. Right, exactly. So I mean, if you, <laughs> if you all remember, we've we've discussed before. I can't remember which episode, but we discussed what a cold IPA is, and it's kind of when you use some lager ingredients and when you ferment at lager temperatures. So it should give you a cleaner sort of malt profile. Um, but this is a black IPA that's been cold fermented, I guess, 
And I'm very interested to see what it tastes like. It looks beautiful. It's very black. Um, and it's got this very rich, frothy kind of head. And I think this is the thing that confuses people with black IPAs. Kind of looks like a stout, but it should taste like an IPA. So yeah, that's that's mine from Lightman. Excellent. Very good. And and Katie, what have you got? Well, mine is technically, it's it, well, it's called Embrace the Daylight from Whiplash. And it's on the can, it says it's a Cascadian dark ale. Mm, we will talk about that. Mm. Yes. And uh, this doesn't have as frothy a head as Tandy's one. Uh, but it's very nice. And on the can, the hops are Columbus, Cascade, Chinook and Sentinel. So very Ooh. Pacific Northwest. Yeah, with absolutely. the Columbus. Yeah, with a lot of those. Very, very IPA hops, you know, like traditional IPA. Yeah, hops. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. not an IPA, a Cascadian Dark Ale. Or is it? Yeah. Or is it? Yes, we will. We will get into it. And Christina, Fred, I know you're you're off the sauce tonight because, folks, she's almost done with her book. She is trying to power through. But you have some favorites. So I didn't know if you wanted to mention one yeah. uh, while we're here. I, yeah, I was saying before we started recording that the first Black IPA I think I've ever had was the Widmer, Widmer Brothers mm, Black yeah. IPA, um, which still has like a, like a soft spot in my heart. So, you know, imagine that that is the beer <laughs> or something like that. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm in the final countdown and I have to really behave myself. Yes. <laughs> Yes, these books don't write or edit themselves, folks. So this is, <laughs> when you finally get that book in your hands, listeners, you, you know, because you're all going to go out and buy it, you know the sacrifices this woman has made to get this to you. So no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> no and, pressure. Yes, and I have also gotten um, a, well, found it, but it was a little hard to find again, uh, the Kinniger, uh Black Bucket Black Rye IPA. So this has the rye as well. So adding a little bit of that kind of, um, almost spicy kind of character to it. And I've um, poured mine into a, a stoop brewing pint. So I've got some more Pacific Northwest uh, stuff going on. Um, yeah, not, not not a huge head, although definitely some some retention there, nice sort of creamy head color, but not, not a ton of it. But it's definitely, it's definitely dark, but if you do hold it up to the light, you've got a little bit of, little bit of sort of ruby sort of shining through but uh but this is one that I'm always excited to see on tap around town so always uh always happy to see it um that is one of my favorite beers Lisa and I was so tempted to just get one just because I love it so much (laughs) but like that that's the one that I turn to all the time yeah it's really really nice and again it's such a pleasant surprise I think to see this one on because you'll you'll often see the uh the kind of regular version of the beer not the dark one on so when I do see this one I get I get excited too but it's uh Always nice to see. And for, for those who are just listening, um, I also have a Phillips Brewing sweatshirt on, and that will become relevant possibly as we get into some of the history-ish stuff we're going to talk about. But I think before we dive into any kind of, you know, what counts, uh, if you like, in air quotes, as a Black IPA or as a Cascadian Dark Ale or some of the other terms we're going to talk about, I think, Tandy, we'll go over to you first and say, well, what is it just based yeah. on sort of BJCP and that kind of, that yeah. kind of thing? Okay, so so black IPAs are part of a larger family of speciality IPAs. Speciality IPAs are anything from rye IPAs, red IPAs, um, Belgian IPAs, sour IPAs. You know, this is part of that really big family tree of IPAs that we've spoken about where IPA is no longer one style. It's one of many, many styles. And this one happens to have darker malts in it, hence the black color or the darker color 
Um, it's got darker malts in it, so it looks like a stout, but it it, it tastes like an IPA. So it is um, hoppy, so hop forward and bitter. So it's got it's got lots of hops in it, both in early boil and in late boil or in um, in in dry hopping. God, we are my words. Um, but the the real thing that makes it special is the addition of these darker malts. So roasted malts would play a bit of a role here. They'd still be the minority, but they'll add a lot of color and they'll add a little bit of that roast profile. So in a black IPA, let's say as compared to a stout, you know, a stout has got lower bitterness and it has almost no hoppy flavors, hop flavors to it. Whereas a black IPA has got some, uh, like, like a good amount of bitterness, lots of hop flavor, but it also has the addition of these roasty, toasty, sometimes caramelly, sometimes coffee, sometimes chocolate flavors that these malts can provide. There isn't one way to make one either. It's, it's, you know, it's really a matter of experimentation, but you're looking for mild to moderate sort of roast flavors, whether they come in, in the form of, as I say, coffee, chocolate, um, one of those, or caramel or biscuit, um, as opposed to a stout, which that is quite prominent in the style. Uh, but yeah, hopped, hopped like an IPA. And what I found, I don't know if you ladies agree, but what I found is that with black IPAs, they're almost hopped like a West Coast IPA rather than an East Coast. So you're not really finding tropical, juicy notes mm. in a black IPA. That would conflict, I think, with the yeah the sort of bitterness that the grains give you, as well as the you know the, the real hop bitterness. So it's much more West Coast. So Katie, your beer, like with Chinook and uh, and Cascade, these are kind of traditional West Coast um, hops. I think those are probably the ones that are used the most. But yeah, you're looking for highly hopped, very bitter, but also roasty, but not so roasty that it could be a stout. That's what we're looking here, for. Here. And normally pitch black. Yes, yes. Pitch black or or pitch black adjacent but uh, mm. yeah and, and I think I would say when I've had ones that have gone wrong and obviously that's none of these we love all of these and keep going back to them um, and I feel like you know when they do go wrong they tend to not get made again so it's okay They're, they sort of self-select out but I find they have almost kind of an ashy flavor where you where you mm. get a where just the hops and the roastiness don't play quite right together and and again that could be because of the, what was chosen or like you said maybe they went too far into putting in some of those darker malts and it was just kind of overpowering. Mm -hmm. But I think it is a style that if you're not, if you don't have everything kind of dialed into what you want, it can go in directions. And I think that may be a reason too why sometimes people say, oh, I've had that and I didn't like it. It's like, well, maybe they just had one that was a little too far in one direction or another, yeah. or they may just not like it and that's okay too. Everyone can like different things, but yeah. 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 I actually saw one today that I nearly bought and it was called a coffee IPA. And I thought, I wonder if that's just a, you know, like a stupid marketing term for effectively a black IPA, because when, when you're blending those flavors of sort of coffee, which you're going to get from your darker malts um, mm. and your hops, you know, from your IPA, that's kind of what you're getting is a slight coffee bitterness and slight coffee almost, um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's it's like a slight astringency, but if it goes too far, it becomes ashy, as you said there, mm. Lisa, but I thought it was weird because I did see one and I know the brewery's name, but I won't mention them, but coffee IPA, do, do we I, need another term? I have had a, this was pre-pandemic in Underdog, I had a flat white IPA and it was oh. not dark in colour, it was pale, a pale IPA with coffee hints. No, I can't remember who who brewed it, but it was 
I love my coffee. Lisa doesn't like coffee. Things, I know. Whatever. And yet yeah. I love these beers. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, but it was the, delicious. Notes, but those notes are quite restrained or they're supposed to be in, an, in, in a black IPA. They're not supposed to be coffee bombs, chocolate bombs. You're not looking for dessert level sweetness here. Mm. You're just looking for, yeah. it's like an extra layer of bitterness. Mm-hmm. So hops are bitter. But hops also have flavor to them, whatever the flavor is, whether it's uh, pine or, or citrus or whatever. But the, the roasted malts themselves also give a level of bitterness and a level of, they add dryness and they add astringency and they add, um, you know, a whole like roasty different level um, to things. So I think that the balance of these things is really key because you're not looking for, you're not looking for a stout that's been highly hopped. You're actually at an IPA with some dark malts in it, some, you know, like five to 7% seems to be the sort of template recipe, but you do get more. I've seen some go up to 14 or 15% even. Oh, wow. Mm. That's expensive. I'd be a bit nervous about that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and one more interesting thing um, is that because you do want some of the flavor from these roasted malts, You'd, you would add them into your initial mash. Now, this mm. is kind of important because if you're making something like a Schwartz beer or a dark lager, there are ways to get the color without really the the, the acridity, if you want, from, from the malts. And it's to only add the dark malts when you are sparging. So you do your mash, which is adding your grains to your water, getting all those sugars out. And then when you're sparging, what you've effectively done is really, you know, lifted out the big tea bag mm-hmm. and you're pouring more water on to get, you know, rinse the grains, rinse the leftover grains to get all the sugars out. Now, some people, when they're making something like a Schwartz beer, will add their darker roasted grains only then. So what you get is the color without all the extraction of the good and the bad that can come from these malts, which I think is very smart, but it will lend the color with some smoothness as opposed to the color with some dryness and some bitterness, which you want in an IPA, as opposed to a dark lager, which you want it to be very crisp and clean and smooth. So that's that's something to consider. I don't know if people have people have definitely tried to just add the color to black IPAs, but it probably isn't punchy enough. Like you just do need mm. that percentage of the roast to make it pop. Yeah. And I think you made a really interesting point too about how, you know, you you couldn't really use your kind of hazy kind of hops with it, your sort of more tropical ones. And I do wonder if maybe that's a reason that that I feel like black IPA has sort of come back up. I wonder if there's just sort of hazy hop fatigue uh, kind mm. of going on and people are like, I, I, I liked it back in the early 2000s when we had all of, you know, these sort of punchier kind of things, again, which is not to knock hazy IPAs as such. There's just a lot of them and sometimes there's a lot yeah yeah, sometimes you just want something different so Mm. I wonder if that's maybe part of why they've been creeping back up it's because we come on this podcast and say there's too many IPAs all the time and everyone's (laughs) just like well they said it so must be true no I'm I'm full of it but no I would agree with you I think probably that it's a way to make IPAs which are really good style of beer I love IPAs but make it a little bit more interesting. Now I'm completely biased because black IPAs are one of my favorite styles, but I think it adds just that extra little level of interest and it makes something, mm. you know, a little bit different. Mm. Yeah, and definitely. Just a little other, bit of complexity. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that maybe sets it apart a little bit is that regardless of the IPA style, um, black IPAs tend to be a little bit drier on the finish. 
Yeah, and that's a, a lot of it is because of those roasted malts because they do lend slightly more astringency and it'll it'll dry your palate out, which is very Moorish. But you know, with these beers that you're tending to drink one or two, you're not drinking six, which is you know I think if you get into sort of you know hazy IPA territory, you could have six of those because they're very easy drinking. They're like drinking slightly alcoholic juice sometimes, <laughs> especially if they're slightly lower on the alcohol. Um, scale but these ones this is kind of like bang for your buck beer you know you know mm. you know what you're getting you're typically in a six percent range with these beers they're they're not you don't often find a black ipa that's at four percent and i would yeah. hazard a guess to say probably wouldn't pack the flavor if it was that low no that's a good point and yeah, i I'm... think i might um argue with tandy saying you'll only have one or two of these <laughs> <laughs> The gauntlet is thrown. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put some sort of like moderate face forward, but we all know that's not even me. Like I'm a hooligan. I'll drink all the bits. Yeah. Please drink responsibly. But but I think, you know, that that uh, the whiplash one, Katie, that you got is a good example of something that I had a couple of in my fridge and then I didn't. So because it is a very Moorish beer, yeah. it's just really nice. And I was excited when they brought it out and was trying to go and get another one this week. And they were gone by me so yeah and I love that uh Kinnegar have it in their core range yeah now, I know Whiplash's model is that their core range is tiny and that they they do their releases and they have the their annual releases but I love that Kinnegar have it in their core range because I don't see it in very many Irish breweries core range definitely mm. definitely and, mm. and you know I wonder if that's kind of too because of sort of how they came about well, I think we'll, we'll sort of say two things, kind of how they came about in the modern era. I think we can talk a little bit about how in the past there, there were almost always beers like this once you had hops because beers used to be darker more often because that was just how you how you roasted things. So, you know, we're not going to go too deep into like, you know, planting a flag and saying all 18th century beer was like this because that's just not, you know. That's silly. But at the same time, I know when we had Martin Cornell on, you know, the the other week, um, I think he did, you know, make some points certainly about, you know, Porter was really hoppy back in the day in a lot of cases. And I think, again, there's a, there's an argument to be made there over like, are some hoppy Porter's black IPAs? Like what, when does one kind of, you know, tip over mm. into another? And certainly from a historical perspective, I don't know that we can really say just based on looking at like grain bill and what we kind of sort of know about the hops but you know it's an interesting and question now, historically i couldn't answer that of course but if you were looking at the differences now between them it often comes down to something like the yeast choice you know so mm, porters yeah. would be using english strains of yeast that add their own esters and add their own flavors to the beer whereas ipas mostly besides hazy ipas sort of, this is a complex little question, but <laughs> mostly IPAs use a clean yeast that don't add any flavors to the beer per yeah, se. That's a good point. So yeah. if you are very discerning, you might be able to pick up some of the yeast flavors in, let's say, a porter or in a stout that you don't get in something like a black IPA because it's clean. It's all the malt and the hops. Mm, yeah. So I think we'll we'll segue slightly to a little bit about the kind of the modern history of this style. So I think a lot of people will say they were kind of invented, and again, air quotes, because people have always made whatever, uh, in Vermont Ooh, in the 1990s. Invented. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that they'll, you know, they'll sort of name check the Vermont pub and brewery. But um, you know, I was looking at a couple of articles. They also called it Avery's New World Porter, which again, 
they called it a porter. It was a hoppy porter. I also think of like Trogue's Dead Reckoning Porter, which was a very hoppy porter. Um, also one of my favorite beers, just putting that out there. But um, the reason I've got my Phillips Brewing sweatshirt up in Victoria, Canada, is they brewed something they called at the time, Skookum Cascadian Dark in 2004. And they've changed the name more recently. Now it's, um, it's Black Toke, so it's still Canadian, like hyper-Canadian. Um, and, uh, but it's the same beer as far as I'm aware. And that, um, again, if you sort of follow the lore is what inspired Stone to make what was initially their 11th anniversary ale in 2007, which is when I first came across it. And then that became their sublimely self-righteous. But I can remember back when that first came out, like it was a big deal to find it. It was only certain places. It was the thing that people were freaking out about in kind of a pre-untapped it was still pre-untapped age of people being like oh, I found this and even there wasn't really social media in that way I knew people who were photographing that beer specifically and just being like I found it here and then sort of sharing those those pictures in person and it was always a big thing like at the kind of um what became Philly Beer Week to be like oh they got these black IPAs in. and it was a big a big deal to like to for nerds to go and find it so I was wondering if any of you had any of those kind of early experiences with the style or if I'm just a weirdo which is possible but I feel like <laughs> this was a big thing that happened in initially in the U.S. in that kind of era but I think then it did kind of hmm. go other places after that. Now I do remember it being here in Ireland when I first moved here and I first got into black IPAs I remember like when when the the Widmer brothers one yeah. was here at a particular pub everyone was like oh <gasps> go to, you know, and go, you know, go have this. And actually I had it in Ireland before I had it in the U.S. That's funny, yeah. Um, And I remember everyone being like, this is a big deal. Now I'm sure more people had them way before I did or whatever. I'm usually late to the party. But, you know, it was a big deal when I had it and we all yeah. got them together and we were all very excited about this yeah. development, you know? Yeah, um, Absolutely. That's funny. Yeah, Katie Tandy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, oh. with with all due respect, Lisa, I'm a little younger than you. <laughs> no, Ooh, but to be fair, like, gone trip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not even Those much to off. me. Like Sunscreen. not even much. <laughs> but also, no, like on the other end of the world, back down, in, all the way at the bottom of Africa. Like no, things were not happening, or at least not at the same time frame. I don't even remember the first black IPA that I had. I do remember it was novel and I do mm. remember loving it from the minute I had a black IPA. I was like, oh my God, this is my style. If there was a style, this is it. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what I like. But I don't remember any hype. Mm. I wonder if it's a, it's like a climate difference too. Although I feel like it is one that works in any weather. Like if it's hot, it's lovely. If it's cold, you're like, oh, it'll warm up. So I think it's, it's yeah. got that too. Yeah. Like yeah, for me, like a black IPA is a really good summer evening. Mm. like it's like mm. perfect so I like 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 really hoppy beers during the day session ales you know those kind of things sour but like at night in the summer a black IPA is just chef's kiss like it's mm. perfect for me for me definitely and I think I I don't remember this Vidmer release in Ireland but maybe I was not in the country at the time I think it was just it was just it wasn't like a big like yeah you know like they didn't come over and do a thing I think just some pub had some bottles or something <laughs> and I feel like it was brew dock 
the Galway Bay pub across from Conway Station. I feel like that was. I just remember someone telling me that I needed to go try this beer. And again, I'm pretty sure that I was very late to this party because everyone else knew what this was. And I had probably had a black IPA before that. Um, But I distinctly remember this particular experience because, Mm. you know, I was with people who were really excited about it. Yeah. And that made me excited about it. Um, But yeah, I had probably had one before that, but that's the one that I really remember. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My first one was actually in Portland. It was in um, Deschutes have a tap room and restaurant in Portland and it was in there and it was a black IPA. And then uh, a good few years later, I went to a place called Three Mugs uh, Brewing in Hillsborough and they had a CDA on the board yeah. and I was like what's a CDA I don't know what that is because I'd never <laughs> come across it before and they're like oh it's a Cascadian dark ale and I'm like oh, I'll try that and I'm like this is tastes very like a black IPA <laughs> <laughs> yeah which which is a great a great point and, and I think for for those not in the know Cascadia is roughly speaking your your area from you know Oregon Washington state and then up into British Columbia and Canada and you always know when you've crossed the border into Canada because suddenly the roads are so much better. It's amazing. You're like, wow, infrastructure. What is this even like? It's just. Oh, you know what? Bonkers. That's like going to Kerry. You know, you're in Healy Ray country <laughs> when the roads are good. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's amazing. But but I think it's interesting how the area really did kind of embrace the style, even, you know, whether it was or wasn't kind of that prevalent initially. I feel like people were like, this is our thing. Let's, let's do this now. So I don't know if maybe it was the Widmer brothers starting that off or, or like you say, Katie, like Deschutes. And I, I love, is the, is the Deschutes one with that hop in the dark? I'm trying to remember what it was, but I, I always love getting it at, you know, their, their place in Portland. It's all really, really nice. I, and I feel like I got it because by the time we got to the Pacific Northwest, like it, it was uncool again, and, but you could still get it there. And I was excited about that. Cause but for me, when we were moving from the U.S. right coast to the left coast. I was like, I'm going to get all these black IPAs, and then when we got there, they weren't a thing anymore there, and I was sad. But then they started to come back here and there. But I, I've had, you know, I, the, I've had the one in Victoria again at, at Phillips, um, and they're in Victoria, British Columbia, which is, if you're ever looking for a wonderful little town to have a just wonderful pub crawl, Victoria is a place to go. It is gorgeous. Um, again, it's Canadian, so everything is safe and lovely, and uh, but there's tons of little breweries in, in Victoria and there are a lot of really good black IPAs, but I think they do tend to embrace the Cascadian dark ale. I think people have leaned into it, which is, which is great. Cause I think, you mm. know, and it's an excuse then to put out the Cascadian flag, which is a thing that, that does exist. And it's uh, yeah, look it up. Well, well, maybe we'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's very pretty. And uh, there is a sort of um splitter free cascadia movement out there you can always uh, look them up too but some of them are a little scary so and i'm presuming that cascade hops grow in the cascades absolutely right you know, yeah or at least uh, traditional 100 yeah. Mm. yeah and and that's a, that's an interesting point too because i think that i've seen some discussion that well it, it could still be a, a hoppy dark ale but if it doesn't have sort of pacific northwest style hops it doesn't count like there could be other west coast hops but unless they're specifically kind of those that it's it's uh i don't know it's not hardcore enough so i don't know i don't know i i think it's mm. it's splitting hairs a bit but it's an interesting question yeah now, and tandy I, 
yeah. are, is Cascadian Dark Ale its own category on BGCP or it's just no? It's it's not called Cascadian Dark Ale. It's called Black IPA. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering. So, yeah. So within the BJCP, the, the, the general category for IPAs is 21. And then you get American IPA. You get Speciality IPA, which is 21B. So 21B takes all the speciality IPAs under one umbrella, but it does make concessions for the fact that some of them are different from each other. So black IPA, 21B, um, brown IPA, red IPA, brute IPA. So that uses champagne yeast, which will dry it up even more. Um, I've said red rye IPA. So something like the Kenegar, um, uh Black Rust Bucket is a mm. black rye IPA. It would have to be a speciality IPA within the BJCP, and you'd probably have to specify then, you'd have to specify that it's a black rye IPA. And white IPAs. Remember white IPAs? Yeah, that was a white thing that happened. Because I haven't. I haven't seen them anywhere. Rascals wow. have a white IPA, don't they? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like Rascals right, is actually. the only other one they I do. can I think forgot of. about that. But I, I think I'm, that one. Yep. because I love the black IPA so much, it's hard yeah. to sometimes you overlook yeah. other things. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, <You're> distracted. <laughs> exactly, exactly. My eyes are, you know, it's like but... that meme. All the other <laughs> exactly. IPAs, black IPAs. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's it's so true. And yeah. you know, it's 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 a funny thing too because it's the same thing. As soon as I see one on, I'll be like, oh, I wanted to get that. Oh, like doesn't matter what it is or you know if I've had no. it before or and sometimes I know I'll even go back and try one that I haven't really liked just because I'm like, like well maybe I just had a bad one of that one last time and then and maybe it too. was the line or yeah like you yeah, don't you know. know it's no. it's it's science Lisa it's science it's science <laughs> absolutely oh 100% and and it's funny I have a sort of I, I was not quite sad enough to do a deep dive into like my my like long ago untapped history because that would be a weird thing that I certainly don't do that often and get the spreadsheet. That's that's oh, not no, not at all, Bernard. <laughs> that's not normal. But um, I was I was just really reminiscing over like some individual ones that I really really loved over time, and the, the one that one of the ones that stood out to me was a Pennsylvania one actually. Um, but but again, it's it's so funny how even the ones not from the Pacific Northwest leaned into come up some of the sort of terminology and the hops again, because it started off, um, this was a Victory Brewing Company, it started off as Yakima Twilight, and then I guess people felt that was too, I don't know, sounded like it was going away, and then they changed it to Yakima Glory when they released it the next year, but it was one of those things that started off as a one-off, and then people were like, oh, love this beer, and then it came back, and it was... Um, I want to say a seasonal, um, so I, I don't know if it's still something in the roundup, but it was something that like every time I saw it, I was like, oh, it's so good. But I, I love that they actually even made a big deal about having gone out to Oregon to like choose the specific hops that went into this batch. And I was like, oh. but it was, there's that storytelling element too that I think um, people could really lean into. And I, I feel like maybe we're we're missing some of that a little bit with some of, some of what's out there now, but no, maybe I'm wrong. And you know the Irish are not one to shy away from a good story. Yeah. <laughs> Harder to so, grow some yakima hops, but yeah. You know, you just um, reminded me there that I could actually just go look at Untapped to see um, which one was my first. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, I don't believe my own my own Untapped entries. But it looks like my first one that I actually logged was called Dark is the Night Black IPA from Devil's Peak Brewing, and they're they're based in Cape Town, well, Cape Town adjacent. Okay. Um, 
I don't think I liked that beer <laughs> when I first had it. So there it is. <laughs> but it reminded me that the first time that I visited Ireland before I moved here, so mm. 2016, um, part of the trip that I was doing, um, and I, I went to Cork and I went to Rising Suns. Mm. Do you know Rising Suns? I mean, Rising Suns They're brewery in Cork yeah. famously don't distribute anywhere almost. So it's, it's kind of one of those places that you have to be there to really drink their beers. Mm. And I had a black IPA there in 2016 Ooh. that I rated very highly. So I wonder if they still make it. And um, yeah, indeed. I, I'm sure they're still going, but I just don't know oh, what yeah, they're yeah. doing at the moment. Yeah. yeah, And they make some wonderful pizza too, but maybe we should mm. manifest a trip there. Road trip. Mm-hmm. Just saying, just saying. And, Love and to if, go back if to they happen to redo that specific beer. You know. Wouldn't you know, be bad. And it was called Uprising, which is also a very cool name for a beer. Oh, no, okay. Now I have to check and see if I've had it as well. So, so you know, because I, it's been a while mm. though since I've been to Cork, but I, I do love everything I've had at Rising Suns. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's such an interesting question. Ooh, let's see. I like that it could lead to beer tourism. I mean, beer tourism is Absolutely. kind of, it's a thing anyway, but, you know, whether you wanted to go to the Pacific Northwest of the States just to go and drink delicious beers that are really fresh you, yeah. you know made made there with hops and and molds and all the things kind of grown there I, th- I think that's a whole thing you know let alone absolutely breweries who are just making interesting styles but that sounds fun you know to me is to go off to Oregon and just go and indulge in all the delicious beer because I, I feel like that's that's beer nirvana isn't it I mean, Oregon. Well, especially during fresh hop season, because you can get mm. some fresh hop black IPAs that are absolutely gorgeous. Now, I will say I've had a couple that didn't work because, you know, sort of what we talked about earlier, where if it's a little too much in one direction or another, which is easier to have that happen with your your fresh hops, where they're just so, they want to be your friend. They're right there. They're right there. It can be <laughs> a little a little overpowering. Um or maybe just a little harder to to sort of blend. Um, but I, but having said that, I've also had some that were just gorgeous. So it's a really good question. Something obviously we're not going to get a ton of just because we don't really have a fresh hop season as such. No. But uh, global warming, you know, it should help us <laughs> have a. <laughs> if, if, people <laughs> if people aren't aware, it is very hard to grow hops in Ireland. They are not very. They, they're they not happy here <laughs> no. no no as much as people think about the pacific northwest as being wet it's too wet for hops here it's just mm. you know they don't like it so no no but i do love black ipas so i mean i mean christina i know your feelings like black ipa is kind of like your soul jam of beers but where do you guys rank it if you had to if you had to have a top 10 beer styles of all time, did black IPAs make your top 10? Oh, definitely top 10. Like that's an easy mm-hmm. question. It's yeah. if you're asking like top three or, you know, that's Ooh. a harder one. If it's like okay, maybe. top five. I would Possibly. still put it in top five. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That is it. Yeah. Because but those things top three is always changing, isn't it? That's seasonal. So. Yeah, it's really seasonal. Although I will say, like my top two are usually like Czech dark lagers and black IPAs, and mm. that doesn't change all that much. Yeah, I like them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what? And again, I think that's that's something you know we we talked about before. Is I think this is a beer for all seasons. Like we said, it can be mm. it can help you warm up if you're feeling a little chilly. It can 
be refreshing. And, and I think, especially tend to your point about how it's, it's a drier finish. Like sometimes there are certain, you know, really resinous West coast IPAs, not like, you know, not like your hazy ones, but it's just, it's much of a muchness in a good way. But I think these tend to be a little bit drier mm. um, that, than some of their kind of paler brethren. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, rem remember back in the days where West Coast IPAs were the only IPAs? Yeah. And that, I mean, that was a great time. But those those IPAs tended to be quite sweet. I mean, yes, there mm. was bitterness and there was hoppiness, but the, the, the sort of caramel kind of sickliness would sometimes come in at the back of your throat with those beers and this this avoids that so because because of the addition of the roasted malts like it is just it's drier it's much easier to drink it's I don't want to this is this cheapens it but it's it's kind of like the equivalent of having peanuts at a bar because it <laughs> makes you want more it's delicious dry wow. drinks are good drinks here here now we have mm. to talk again or you know talk a little bit about the, the controversy which i'm putting in giant air quotes over what we call it because i i feel like yes. at this point it's the, the discourse has been done to death i feel like when they first became a big thing and again i'm talking in the modern era sort of you know 2007 8 9 you know thereabouts i feel like there were there was a certain percentage of people who would go on beer advocate in the forums and who would whine and whine and whine about how this was incorrect and blah 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 and on one hand i'm like i respect the level of pedantry to which you have sunk uh, this is you know i'm here for you being like but it's wrong but at the same time it's like but you're also yucking everyone else's yum so and it's not like you didn't know what it meant and that's i think mm. the important thing I, and i think it's interesting you know I love the Cascadian Dark Ale branding, and I think it's great. Maybe branding is too strong a word for it, but I like it as a descriptor. But I do feel like, you know, especially over here, you kind of need to explain it a little bit more than Black IPA, where I feel like people are like, oh, so it's like a it's like a dark beer, but hoppy. Like, people get it, even if they don't, mm. you know, do a deep dive of like, oh, but is it an India pale? Like, no one's going to, no one's going to have that discussion now. Maybe they did 15 yeah. years ago. It's kind of one of those things that when IPAs were were the shit, you know, as in were the it beer, oh, yeah. um, it it was because they were this new kind of hoppy and bitter that we hadn't really experienced before, right? Yeah. And then all of these yeah. different kinds of IPAs came out, and then IPA instead of being India Pale Ale, just became IPA. It's yeah. like the pale and even the India and even the ale sort of lost their meaning, and IPA just became its own descriptor, and it just means a hopped beer highly hopped beer for the most part yeah. you know whether it's you know end boiled juicy kind of uh, hop hop flavors or whether it's high bitterness like west coast or black ipas i feel like it's it's changed meaning and you know words do change meaning linguistic Definitely. standards don't maintain so i quite like yeah. cascadian dark ale but i also think it's 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 easier shorthand to just say black ipa yeah it's definitely exactly like you said, it's something that maybe people in the US, the United States would understand, but over here it's just, yeah. 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 Although it sounds real it. fancy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And I, and I think as, as a brewery, then you can be like, we've got our friends on like in the Pacific Northwest and that that's cool. Like then I think there's yeah. a certain bit of like, you know, um, what's the word, uh, or just, just kind of like, you know, insider knowledge and that, and that's cool, but you're not doing it in a way that's exclusive. But at the same time, if you're whining about that, this isn't a real thing. No, then you're being, then you're being a dick and just don't, 
don't do that. You know, you can just not buy it if it's not for you. That's okay. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it, like you said, these, these things have evolved. And I think, you know, there are probably, you know, separately really good discussions to be had about, should we even keep using the term IPA? Does it mean anything at this point? Does it mean bad things? Like, should we really, you know, think about, uh, is imperial a great word to be using with anything? Probably not. But, you know, I feel like that that's a separate discussion. But it's it's also like, if you say, Black IPA, you probably know what you're getting. And I'm going to just pet my can a little bit more. <laughs> more, you know, you probably have a better idea of what you're going to get with a Black IPA versus any other kind of IPA that I'm air quoting, mm-hmm. you know, just because, like you said, there's so much out there now that's just sort of calling itself an IPA, whereas at least this, you know, it's going to be dark and hoppy. And then, exactly, you know, you've at least got those two kind of points of reference. It's really funny because over the last few weeks on Twitter and on WhatsApp groups and things that I'm generally part of, people have complained because they've seen IPAs, hazy West Coast IPAs. Oh, oh, oh okay. yeah. No, that that I will be upset about. Yes. Oh no, yes. I'm I'm equally I'm I am clutching my pearls at that because that's fucking ridiculous. Can Words just don't just... mean anything anymore. Exactly. No. Right. Exactly. Can we just can we just agree to some styles? And if the BJCP is the style guideline that you want to agree to, grand. If it's not that one, then pick a new one. Don't care. Right. But hazy West Coast IPA, fuck off. So <laughs> exactly. <not happening. laughs> No, no. We're, we're, yeah, that no. we all agree. We all agree. Especially because, you know, the earlier point is, you know, we know what you mean if you say black IPA. I have no idea what you're talking about if you're saying hazy yeah. West Coast IP. You've just like mm-hmm. word saladed at everyone. And we, we yeah. have to agree that certain words mean certain things and certain styles and definitions mean certain things or else it loses all meaning and everything is nothing and then we're in some weird philosophy class from university (laughs) and not well I mean I guess it does kind of go along with drinking beer but you know what I mean like you, you you have to we have to, as an industry, agree that certain terms mean certain things or else mm-hmm. everything becomes meaningless and your customers don't know what they're saying anymore. Exactly. exactly. And if I'm confused, I'm probably going to buy it. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it was the reason that in the BJCP guidelines, now 2021 version, um, it used to be called New England IPAs, and they're now just right. been rebranded to hazy IPAs because that's actually what people call them. And it doesn't matter at this point whether you're using an a, an English style yeast or a US cleaner style yeast. It what matters is the appearance, the mouthfeel, the perceived juiciness, and the kinds of hops that you use are more important than whether the yeast comes from. England, New England, or whether it's East Coast. So East Coast IPA, New England IPA, these are colloquialisms, but the term officially is now hazy IPA, for better or for worse. So black IPA is just simpler, I think, than trying to yeah. recreate a whole new style for a puppy dark thing. <laughs> and I think, yes, yeah, sim- there's a lot to be said for simple, especially at a time when when breweries and certainly other industries are, are, are struggling, like don't make your consumer have to guess whether or not this is something for them, especially because if that's their first introduction mm-hmm. and then they hate that, like, and maybe they would have loved it if they, you know, had bought the thing yeah. for them that you made. So Well, then they hate hazies and they hate West Coast. Uh, cause right. they don't know exactly, because they right? don't know. Yeah. Exactly. They don't know. Yeah, so keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and for the hazy black IPA. It's like, how is it going to be like a little bit 
Like, what would it even Murky, look like? How do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. gonna be marketing you, speak, you, though. You you actually know that someone's gonna try this. Now, I know. Right? Like you've you've manifested it. This is gonna be <laughs> someone's someone's marketing bright idea on the toilet. It's we didn't ask for this. We'll power. do a hazy black IPA. That's gonna be a thing. No, it won't. I can assure you, it's not gonna work. Please don't do it. But no. actually, I think oh. this is why I was having this sort of issue with this coffee IPA naming because. As much as coffee might be a flavor profile of whatever you've brewed, I just don't think coffee IPA describes maybe what it is, or maybe it was a black IPA, but they called it a coffee IPA. Guess what? I didn't buy it. So <laughs> I would have. If you see it, tell me where you saw that. Cause I want to, I love coffee. And especially if they had added coffee beans. Oh. That's typically what I've seen done. It, Cause I've seen one before, not recently. So I don't think it was this one, but I have seen, you know, an IPA that will. This would have been at a beer festival now that I'm thinking about it. And it was a coffee IPA, but I, I cannot now remember whether it was sort of randled, if you all remember those, on coffee beans or if it was like, uh, see, Christina's laughing because randling, like, where did that go? Oh I think it was fun. God, that was, was like fun. thinking of trends. Do you remember every beer festival at one, one brew would bring out the randall and it was and like, it was oh, did you try this? We were, And we would all run and wait in line. Yeah. Okay, so so quick, quick sort of capsule history. So Dogfish Head, I think it is their fault initially, because they had it. It was called Randall after someone. Uh, and you you would basically, you know, sort of effectively be straining your beer through the thing, but like live at a at a place. So it might have um the, actually, you know what I had once that was really nice? I had a bitter uh that there was randled on because that was always the terminology on chamomile and it was actually really nice you wouldn't think it but it worked but most of the others i had a bit there would be a fruit thing or there would be some kind of additional dry hopping or i feel like fruit I had was a, a big bad one though <laughs> i i had a beer and i don't remember the style but i had a beer that was meant to be something like a gnt beer and it was randled on juniper berries which was I, said, I feel like that could work in certain yeah, circumstances delicious but yeah. not at all in others so just yes. you'd have to choose yes. choose wisely so, so yeah. katie it's like it's like a bed where you pour the beer and instead of from the tap to the glass there's something in between but it's a bit of a fancier contraption so the beer goes the fresh beer goes through it into your glass it's a yeah. cool idea because you don't necessarily want to let's say put coffee beans or something into something which yeah, might you don't change want the color and it might or, be yeah yeah so it's a cool thing to add something to the fresh pour of the beer but yeah it was a bit of a trend it was a trend and it was it was definitely a thing like it was it was fun don't get me wrong like you had to go to it and it was an event because you had to be there when it was fresh but yep some of them were just so fanciful and then you'd have it you'd be like hmm and you didn't want to say anything like bad because you were there like with other people and you might go off in a corner with someone and be like i don't like this but you didn't want to be the well, one person who out. was like because mm. you know you, ha you all had to be cool because mm. oh you know, yeah yeah <laughs> you know and so everyone would be like wow this is really unexpected and that could mean <laughs> So covers it covers a myriad, doesn't it? Or, or interesting. interesting. I was going to say that. <laughs> wow, this is yes. so interesting. What a clever idea. Walk away. <laughs> That's yeah. a new flavor we've discovered. Ooh, yeah. It's very complex flavor. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that said, like maybe it's the kind of thing that would be great. Maybe once Underdog is back up and running in their third spot, uh, that might be a fun thing like once a year to 
have that mm. kind of a thing because it was fun I just throwback. you know yeah throwback yeah I, I don't know yeah. what the what the sort of economics of it are but uh it was fun as a as a one-off and you got people to meet up and you know come together interestingly for, I only ever you know. saw that at homebrew festivals so yeah. it was it was already interesting because homebrews are always more interesting than commercial brews and it was just it was cool because at this particular one that I was thinking about with the gin beer I think that he actually had a double Randall setup which was super weird oh, wow. and you could go through juniper on the one side and I think grapefruit on the other side so oh. it must have been an IPA and I think wow. I and he's a very good brewer mind you but yeah. I think that you almost wanted to taste both sides and then mix them if oh, I'm not mistaken wow there's a lot going on there then I know there was a lot going on <laughs> there was probably the only time I've seen it but very cool very clever I don't think for me the juniper worked very well but juniper itself is quite a strong flavor like I love mm. gin love gin tea don't yeah. know if I want my whole beer pouring over it because it'll be just slightly too much for me anyway yeah but very cool Gosh, yeah, well, blast in the past, right? But that's, yeah, because that's mm. kind of the same time I feel like there was that explosion of black IPAs. It was all, mm. the Randall's going to be on at this event and you have to come out at this time. And, you know, it was a whole thing. But uh, but again, this was kind of pre-social media. Like there might've been like a Facebook yeah. event, but there wasn't, you know, there was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. Maybe it, it was, was on Bebo you know, or MySpace. Ooh, so... or maybe even on MySpace. So, well, we got, we had them here in like yeah. 2013, 2014. Yeah. So there um, have been something else there then. Yeah. But that's 10 years ago. Oh God. No, God. no, that's not because 1990 was 10 years ago. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. And 1980 was 20 years ago. Exactly. And exactly. you can't Correct. tell me any different. And we're all no. in our twenties. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> completely. It's all, I'll, maybe. I'll stay it's all there. Fun yeah <laughs> yes just yeah. having anniversaries okay yeah our 21st birthday nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that's that it's... well <laughs> I think maybe that's a good spot to, to leave it then but before we we wrap up any any final thoughts on black IPAs or maybe a, a favorite black IPA you would love to see return so hmm. have a think no, I but just, you know, this this navel bit, and I know it's a cold black IPA, and I'm sure I was supposed to pick up something of the cold fermentation, but it was smashing, like really nice one. So I like it, yeah. I like I, I'll pick this one up again. Definitely. Um yeah. I don't think I've had a black IPA that I haven't liked. Um that might be because I haven't, you know, I like the ones that I like and I tend to go back to them. Um yeah. so that might be why. Um, but yeah, so maybe just more of them. More of them. Yeah. Katie, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm uh, attached to any specific one or other. <laughs> I just would like to try more of them. So um, here, here. I'm at a beer festival on Saturday. So is Lisa. Yes. Is anyone else? No, 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 no. So let's see if there's a black IPA. Let's see if there's a black IPA. And just if, if the rude girl happens to be on, we, we wouldn't be mad about that. Just yes, putting that out there. A lovely black IPA from Rascals. It really was. It really was. Yes. So, um, yes. So, by the time this drops, you should be getting ready to go to Rascals and meet us up. You know, there. But if if you're listening to it late, that's that's on you. That's on you. (laughs) Look at you having a life. You know, to leave. (laughs) But uh, yeah, the the only other one I would call out is is an American one that 
I don't even know if it's in a place I ever get back to in America, but it was from the Duck Rabbit Brew Company. Um, they made one that they called Hoppy Bunny, because they're in North Carolina, but Hoppy Bunny American Black Ale. So they kind of split the difference with that, but it was a really, really nice beer, and I'm sure they make it regularly, but... Um, okay, but I'm sorry, their name nice. is Duck Rabbit? That is very yes. cute. That's you know, so they have cute. a great, they have a great I like logo. that. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. I really like that for some reason. One of my kids has a t-shirt and it's like duck rabbit. Oh, and it's like, yeah. what it, it, depending on what way you look at it. Exactly. One way it's yeah. a duck, the other way it's a rabbit. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, they have so a great cute. logo where it's just that, where you're, it's like, it, which, uh, and it, you know, depending on how many you've had, you might see a different, a different one. But uh, yeah, I have to say, I, I am really impressed with the black IPAs we can get here in Ireland. So mm. thank you, local folks, for making some really interesting ones. And uh, we hope to see more of them again um, in the future. Indeed. And actually, you know what else is nice, too? I'm just going to put that out there. Black IPAs on cask. Just, just saying some are really nice. Some are a little strong for it. Others, though, hit it kind of right in the sweet spot hmm. so well it's have to almost get just like, the right one it's almost like the cask that that we had lisa and christina was bordering like it, yes. was, it was it was labeled as a stout but it was obviously a very hoppy stout it was a very hoppy stout yes yes which i think we needed so yeah <laughs> yes i definitely if i drink stouts which i like but i only like hoppy stouts yeah mm. Yeah. So again, putting that out there into the universe, I, I totally agree though that if it's like seven percent, it's it's not going to work. It's too strong. It's just overwhelming. But I think there's probably a good place for kind of a six percent black IPA to be very happy in a cask and be maybe just right. So putting that out there in the world. So with mm. that, I think we will all say thank you. We are looking forward to seeing you again in the near future. And of course, you can find us, like we said, at Beer Ladies Pod or you can search for Beer Ladies Podcast. We are on all the things, like we've said. And with that, we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.